the editor-in-chief of the Cornell Review, a correspondent for Campus Reform, a young scholar at Cornell University. He hosted a talk show that broadcast to 20 million people. He's a best-selling author, and he's just getting started. The one, the only, Joe Silverstein. All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for joining this episode of the Joe Silverstein podcast. And today I'm with Andrea Katsimatidis, the president of the Manhattan GOP. Ms. Katsimatidis, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. How are you? It's great to have you on the show. Listen, before we start, I want to ask you about something that was said in an interview this morning by Mayor Bill de Blasio. He quoted Karl Marx, who, as you know, is responsible for his ideology, is responsible for the deaths of 100 million people in the 20th century. Uh, there's been a lot of reports on that, and it's really just atrocious. But so de Blasio said today, with regard to the business community in New York, he said, in, this is from the New York Post, in response to de Blasio, admitted that, quote, my focus has not been on the business community and the elites before adding, quote, I am tempted to borrow from Karl Marx here. And then he goes on to say that the famous quote is that the state is, an, is the executive committee of the bourgeoisie and that he says, no, that's not the right thing. So Bill de Blasio, in other words, is saying, is saying that the state, the elected officials work on behalf of the rich. And he's speaking from the lens of this class warfare nonsense that has been espoused by horrible leaders throughout history. What is your response to that? You know, I think that Mayor de Blasio is really showing his true colors. He is a socialist. And unfortunately, with the times that are going on now, it's more and more acceptable to uh, say that you're a socialist. So I think he's more comfortable coming out and saying this, which should be very alarming to um, people that live in New York City, especially. and him attacking the business community specifically is terrible because what people don't realize that are attacking the business community is that over half of the jobs that are created in our country are from small businesses. So in New York City, we really need to be supporting small businesses, especially after this pandemic, to get people back on track and get people employed and Unfortunately, he's doing New Yorkers a huge disservice with his socialism and not supporting the small business community. And in addition to that, he hasn't protected property rights. He talks about property rights of business owners and homeowners as if it's nothing, as if it's no big deal, as if it's okay for people to just go and burn down buildings and loot stores. And he acts as though, oh, it's no problem. The same with AOC. You say she's probably, uh, the people are probably stealing bread, she says. And then you see the videos and they're carrying out flat screen televisions. It doesn't look like bread. And some of the people carrying out the televisions, perhaps they don't look like they need bread. But what is your response to this broader attack that we're seeing now on the free market system? System and really on our democracy, because socialism and Marxism, what this really means is taking away personal choice and personal liberty from the consumers, because right now the free market allocates resources. And we say people could buy what they want to buy and people will succeed or fail based on the quality of the product that they produce. And de Blasio wants to get away from that kind of a system because he feels that the government has the best way of distributing resources, I suppose. Yeah, well, I mean, other countries that have done this have shown that that has not worked in the past. And I am a huge believer in capitalism and the American capitalist model. My dad was an immigrant to this country, a very poor immigrant, came from an island of 900 people. And his dad worked seven days a week as a busboy so that my dad could go to college. And because my dad grew up in the United States of America and because America is a capitalist, 
capitalist country where if you have big ideas and you work hard, anyone can be successful. He lived the American dream and went on to found one of the largest privately held companies in America. But that sort of dream is only possible here in capitalist America. And that's why we have created so many advances and there's a great life for everybody. And there's all of this opportunity for everybody. And so why would everybody all wanna be coming here if it wasn't great? We have shown the greatness of American capitalism and we really need to preserve it. And it's a shame to see all of these attacks. Yeah, it's so true. And that's what this really comes down to. It's a fight for liberty. It's a fight for freedom. It's a fight for fairness because capitalism is fairness. And that being said, as you're in your capacity as the Manhattan Republican Party chairwoman, what are some steps that we're taking to, I know you're doing a lot of things to draft candidates. We really have to win back at least one branch of the city government because right now they're running rampant. They're passing horrible criminal reform as they call it, which is really just bail reform that lets criminals get out. They go, they kill someone, they go and they rape someone and they're out the next day and they go and do it again. I mean, this is atrocious. We need to get more Republicans and conservatives generally, even if they're independents, even if they're libertarians, whatever the case may be, but we need to get more Republicans in office to combat this and at least put up some sort of a fight on behalf of the hardworking New Yorkers. Absolutely. And you're completely right about um, re-electing -elect Republicans at every level of the government because this bail reform law that was passed is completely atrocious. And I've seen the statistics on this and so many of the people that have been let out on this bail reform law had to be rearrested hundreds of times like that guy the other day who knocked the poor old lady down on the street. You know, you can't let criminals on the street. It affects all New Yorkers and all Americans. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of these people preaching against these laws are people that can afford to have private security. And you don't see Mayor de Blasio giving up his security. Unfortunately, it is the most um, at, at in need New Yorkers that are going to be hurt by all of this. So what we're doing now is we are advocating, luckily I'm a millennial, so I'm very social media savvy. I've been trying to get our message out about our candidates and our issues and all of the crime going on in New York City, supporting our NYPD because we really need to be supporting our police right now and just finding great candidates. We have some fantastic candidates running in this election cycle and we're working on supporting them and getting our message out. Absolutely, because we can't let this chaos continue to go on in this city. I mean, it, it's terrible. This city is going to become a hellhole. I mean, you look, you see the videos on the trains where they're stabbing people. You see just chaos as if this is a third world country. And the communities that get hurt the, the most by this are the low income communities are in many cases, African American communities, Hispanic communities, and they want the police. There was a woman that actually defaced the quote unquote mural, which I wouldn't call it a mural. You know, when you think a mural, you think a good looking <laughs> thing to look at. Here it is. It's graffiti on the street, but this communist organization, Black Lives Matter, de Blasio goes and paints it outside of Trump Tower, and there were African-American women who were dumping paint on it and saying, refund the police because we're not safe because of this. So it's, it's absolutely crazy. I do want to switch gears a little bit because you know a lot about this topic, and I myself have viewed it and have seen it slightly, but I want to hear from you. What is happening with the churches? What is happening with the churches in, in foreign countries where they're trying to turn it into a mosque, which we respect our religions, but we've seen now a Across, this, across the board, we've seen an attack on Christianity. So could you just elaborate on that and what's happening with that? Yeah, absolutely. So my family's very involved in the church. So I've been paying really close attention to this issue. And we've also been um, 
very involved in supporting religious freedom around the world. We did events um, in Rome and Israel in the US. So um, really, as you said, it's about religious tolerance and religious freedom. I don't wanna stop anybody from practicing their religion, but uh, what people have seen in America is churches burning across the US, which is terrible. But what a lot of people in the US haven't seen is what you were referring to and actually today, Turkey, by order of the Turkish government, is taking Hagia Sophia, which is the original seat of the patriarch, which is the head of the Greek Orthodox Church. It was built in 537 AD. 537 AD, so very, very old cathedral, original seat of the patriarch. Um, it was actually the oldest cathedral in the world for a thousand years. So huge historical significance, architectural significance, artistic with the Byzantine art. They are converting it into a mosque today. So if Turkey simply wanted another mosque for Muslims to worship, you know, that's fine. They could just build another mosque. But by taking our cathedral with all of this history and turning it into a mosque, they are waging a direct attack on Christianity and religious freedom. And they said they're not going to stop there. They're going to come for Jerusalem next. So I think that we need to be very worried about this situation. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, unless, of course, you're Joe Biden or you're perhaps Ilhan Omar, in which case there wouldn't be as much of a problem with this. But that being said, we also saw here in New York the attack on the churches with Cuomo. There was a big court case that I went over with a constitutional lawyer on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. It was called Seuss versus Cuomo. And it was churches and also the Jewish community, the synagogues, suing Cuomo and de Blasio because they were letting the restaurants open at 50% capacity but and everything else. But they told the churches, you have to open at 25% capacity. So you see this on a broad scale, this attack on religion. And in the long term, how do you think that all religious people of all faiths could push back on it? Even in China, by the way, we see what's happening with the, with the Uyghur Muslim population. I mean, they're putting them in concentration camps. So is there a broader attack on Christianity and a broader attack on perhaps even religion in certain areas that, that we should be concerned with? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we have to be concerned, you know, in America, freedom of religion is protected. And the fact that there are all these wars being relayed, um, waged against religion is something that we need to pay close attention to, just as we need to pay close attention to um, other aspects of the First Amendment, like freedom of speech being under attack right now with cancel culture. And you know, like there's a huge like issue. Look at the last country that was desecularized. When you look at Iran, pictures of Iran before 1979, women dressed like Western women, women were allowed to get a college education. Then after 1979, they made it um, a non-secular government. And all of a sudden women are all covered up. Women are not allowed to get an education. They're denied basic human rights and it's a very scary thing to see, and that's why we need to pay close attention to this, because when they start censoring things like religion, taking away religious freedom, freedom of speech, then the government starts to have more and more control, and we need to prevent that from happening. Absolutely. And one of the things, too, is people talk here about everything is human rights to be called the preferred gender pronoun, which I do out of respect, by the way. But they say it's human rights. They say that they force Christian cake bakers to make cakes for 
couples that perhaps do things that the Christians don't believe in. They say that that's human rights, uh, but that's in this country, but they don't know what real human rights violations look like. Because if you go to other countries, women can't drive, women can't go to school. You know, they get their fingers chopped off if they leave the house without their husbands. It's, it's they stone homosexuals in other countries. They're putting Muslims in China, in communist China. We have to say communist China. They're putting them in concentration camps. So a lot of this sort of attack on America is coming from the perspective of, oh, well, we could make everything better if we just overthrow this patriarchal system, quote unquote, and, and make it this equal place. But in reality, America is the fairest, the most prosperous, and the best country to live in in the history of the world. Even during times like this, we're in the middle of a pandemic, we're in the middle of a global economic crisis, and people are tweeting about how oppressed they are holding an iPhone in their hands. I mean, it's the most absurd thing. Do you think that the person in communist China who doesn't have a, a, a proper bathroom to go into is going to sit there and say they're oppressed to come to America. It's absolutely crazy. I will say before we go, just to conclude, I know you're a major supporter of the president. I'm a major supporter of the president. You've been to the White House on numerous occasions. What are your predictions for November? And how do you think conservatives could best advocate for the reelection of Donald J. Trump? Well, I think President Trump is absolutely, absolutely going to be reelected in November. Uh, he has shown uh, that he can do a tremendous job with our economy. Before this pandemic, uh, we had record GDP numbers, record low unemployment, the stock market at record highs. And I think ultimately when people go into that voting booth, they're gonna say, you know, after all of this uh, destruction during the pandemic, who do I trust most? Who is gonna help me get a job? Who do I trust most for to put food on the table for my family, and that's gonna be President Trump, and he's gonna be reelected, and people are worried about their safety and the economy, and President Trump will support the police, and he will get the economy back on track, and I think he'll be reelected, but as conservatives, we definitely can't take this for granted, because as you know, uh, the Democrats always try to cheat, so we should definitely make sure to not be silent, get on social media, make phone calls, make sure we turn out the vote. Turning out the vote, every vote counts, is one of the most important things that we can do. So please donate, make phone calls, and advocate. Absolutely. And AJ, where could people find you on social media or website to follow you? So uh, my Instagram and parlor are AJCATS, and my Twitter is AJ underscore CATS underscore. And if you want to check out some of our candidates, you can go to ManhattanRepublicanParty.com. Great. Thanks so much. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Joe Silverstein Podcast. Visit www.joesilverstein.com and follow Joe on Twitter at SilversteinUSA. Visit www.thecornellreview.org to keep up with breaking news our latest articles, and more. Like the Cornell Review on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. God bless America.